This isn't just a review. We're going beyond that. With your hosts, Dallin and Kyler, we're here to share the moments, magic, and memories that make films so special. Many focus only on what there is to hate, but if you look a little deeper, there's so much more to love. We hope the time we've taken brings just a little bit more joy into the movies that you watch and the world around them. would pull my underpants out in a furious wedgie and hook it over my head. And then, uh, in shame, I would have to walk home, where my mother would then pull the underpants back off my head, and she would open my hand and put a blue macaron in there, which I would eat, and I, everything would be made better. In this recipe, you'll need... <laughs> One cup flour, two <laughs> cups sugar, uh, some vanilla extract... Blue food coloring. Blue food coloring. And uh, that's about it. Oh. It's a simple recipe. That's going to make some bad cookies. <laughs> Macarons are very hard to make. Yeah, your your mother was not a great cook. Uh, hey, excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> your fictional mother. <laughs> In this hypothetical scenario with tall Timmy and some really stretchy underpants. <laughs> so your actual mother is a delightful cook. Yeah, she's pretty good. <laughs> Why are we talking about blue macarons, Dallas? That's a good question. I don't remember. Oh. I have forgotten. Well, we are talking about episodes, uh, chapter 11 and 12 of The Mandalorian. I'm sorry, we did that last time. It was not good. It was humorous, but it was not good. Uh, but yeah, you know, so uh, I'll just get right into it. We're talking about Chapter 11, The Heiress, came out November 13, 2020. It is TV 14. And it stars Pedro Pascal, Misty Rojas, Mercedes Vernado, Katie Sackhoff, and Simon Cassiendez. And it's directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. Didn't she... She did at least, was it two episodes in the first? She season? did one episode of the one first. Season. It was the chapter four. Okay. Uh, the one where Cara Dune is uh, introduced in the first season. Yeah. And she directed an episode of Book of Boba Fett and is directing at least one episode of the third season of Mandalorian as well. Nice. And chapter 12 is called The Siege and it com- uh, came out November 20th, 2020, TV 14, Pedro Pascal. Uh, Gina Carano, Carl Weathers, and Horatio Sands, and it's directed by Carl Weathers. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Like, th- this is something that I, I don't know if we've talked about yet. We may have mentioned it. But I think it's actually really fascinating that almost every single episode is directed by a different person. Mm-hmm. Or they at least, like, cycle through a few in, in each season. Yeah. And I don't notice... That it's, like, there, there isn't enough of, like, a different directing style to where, like, it stands out. Right. And I think that's commendable. Because mm-hmm. they, they manage to all create a still cohesive story and a cohesive world, even though it's, like, five, six different directors. Well, you can still get some of the directors, like, if the directors do have, like, specific feels or quirks mm-hmm. and things, you still get some of that. Like, with Taika Waititi, and, and he directed the final one of the first season, mm-hmm. you had that... 
beginning with the uh, scout troopers where they were just joking around and they were punching Grogu and stuff. That was a very Taika scene, I think. Yeah. You know, and so you still get their kind of uh, flair, but yeah, it is very cohesive. Yeah, I think it also works better in that like this is a TV show mm-hmm. instead of a movie. Yeah, because obviously you can have. I mean, maybe I'm sure there's an example of it, but like, well, where one director directs like the first third of the movie, and then another <laughs> one directs the second, the second bit, and then another one does the third, like last bit, and that's. And I mean, uh, that does happen with animated movies. Animated movies sometimes have two to three directors, uh, yeah. um, sometimes more, um, and then there are like directing duos, like the Russo brothers, who directed uh, Avengers: Infinity War, Endgame, Captain, yeah, you know all that stuff. Um, you know, you have multiple directors. Then you have the second unit director. The second unit director usually directs like action scenes or things mm-hmm. that uh, the main director can't ha- uh, handle. You know, doesn't have time for. Oh yeah, doesn't have time yeah. for. Yeah, not necessarily they can't handle it, but uh, yeah, he doesn't have time for. It, so they usually have action scenes or pickup shots or things like that. You yeah. Know? So there are multiple people who are technically directing, but yeah, it is. And I think the main director still has say in things like the second director will bring the, like this to him and he'll be like, I don't know, I'll do that again. But you know, like yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I just I just think it's it's fascinating that every time we talk about one of these episodes, we are always like, oh, that's interesting. Like this is another person who mm-hmm. got to direct. And like I don't know if I've I don't know if I've heard of anything else that Carl Weathers has directed. Yeah, he's directed mainly just like some TV episodes. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Bryce Dallas Howard, her first. I, I want to say she directed like a short film or something. Mm-hmm. This is like her first big thing ever is yeah. directing Mando episodes, which, and it's pretty cool because, you know, she's well known as an actress. She, you know, she acted in the Jurassic World movies, probably most famously, you know, she, yeah. um, and she is Ron Howard's daughter who Ron Howard directed Solo. Mm-hmm. And so... And I mean, Ron Howard is a very prolific director, and has also been in the industry since he was a child. He was on the Andy Griffith Show, and he was a little kid. But uh, wow, yeah. And then he was in Happy Days, and he directed Apollo thirteen, and just all these pretty great movies. Uh, did he, what else did he direct? He he's directed a lot, but uh, he directed one with Chris Hemsworth where he played like a Formula One driver. I forget what it's called, but I wouldn't be able yeah. to tell you. <laughs> that is not oh, my strong. He directed. Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. I haven't seen either of those. Yeah. I've heard mixed, mixed things. things about them. Da Vinci Code's really good. I also really like Angels and Demons, but the third one, Inferno, I've heard isn't great, but wow. I haven't seen it. So, But yeah, it, it's just cool to see that she is branching out. You know, yeah, it, it's gotten a chance to direct and yeah. seems to be going well so far. Well, and also, like, uh, from uh, most of the community, is they all love her episodes like the mm-hmm. the one from the first season this one uh, her book of boba fett episode is also really good and uh so I, whenever they see her being hired to do an episode everyone's like oh sweet yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a meaty episode yeah. <laughs> yeah, these these episodes uh like i don't want to necessarily say they were weaker yeah like the the introduction episode is just like boom like right the the crate dragon and like mando's back and then there was the spooky spiders and everything. This one, uh, it's setting up a lot of stuff. Yeah, and you do get or some. Two. You do get some uh, more Mandalorian stuff in general. Mm-hmm. When in the third one, he meets uh, Bo-Katan and her her fellow Mandalorians. Is there three of them, or is there four of them? Three of them. Three. Of them. Yeah, there's Bo-Katan, Koska Reeves, and Axe Wolves. 
course you know all their names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know they were on the screen for at least a moment, but yeah. like, of course you know all their names. <laughs> this, this is one thing. So when this season was coming out, this was during while well, Allie and I were in Canada. Um, and I want to say I talked a little bit about uh, sort of like the family friends we found while we were up there. One of our only <laughs> groups of friends. Uh, it was this couple that we, we met and they had... I think it was two daughters, but we, we'd go over there and hang out at their house and like eat dinner with them once a month or so, every once in a while. And we would talk about Mandalorian a lot because they were both really into it. And for them, it was kind of cool because they, they made like a, like a, an event out of it. Almost. Right. Like their, their two daughters were like super excited every time a new episode was coming out. So they'd all sit down as a family and then I'll watch it. That was really cool. And then it was really cool for us because we got to see it and then we got to go over to their house and we got to talk to him about it and and he was talking about like all this other deeper lore stuff that I didn't <laughs> know about and and things with like Dave Filoni and like the other extended universe things and and all kinds of stuff and so that was one of the reasons why like aside from how cool the show was that helped me get more invested yeah because it's just like talking about all of this cool stuff that was happening and the reason that's relevant is because Bo-Katan she was in uh the Clone Wars show yeah she was in Clone Wars and appeared in Rebels for a couple Mm -hmm. episodes and like there's a lot of important stuff that happened in that show Mm -hmm. and she's an important character and it's just cool that like we're now grabbing her and we're pulling her into this sort of main continuity more. Yeah, and, and, and putting it, more eyes on her story and who she is. And it's it's really cool too because Katie Sackhoff, who portrays her in this, mm-hmm. also voiced her in the Clone Wars and Rebels. And there have been times where the person who voices them in the cartoon doesn't portray them in live action. Just mm-hmm. it to me is it, it's a lot of you know like not necessarily that the, the voice actor couldn't handle playing it in live action, but maybe they don't look too similar or yeah. or you know they they just need. A little bit of a bigger name or you know like someone who has done more mm-hmm. live action and so like it, it does kind of suck when you like oh i've been so connected to that voice or that character when they don't play you know uh, like rosario dawson in fact uh mm-hmm. she plays ahsoka uh, in live action which we'll talk more about next time we haven't got there yet yeah but uh <laughs> uh ashley Eckstein voices are in clone wars and so it kind of sucked for some people at, at one point you that like, oh why couldn't have ashley done it and but it is cool when you do get, you know, Katie Sackhoff has done a lot of live action, is very mm-hmm. well-knowledged in that field, and so she was able to play that character yeah. as well. And, I mean, I think one thing that's that's really cool is, like, they do look pretty much the same, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Yep. I, I'm sure that... I'm pretty sure that they... I can't, like, pull out an exact quote or anything, but I'm pretty sure there was somewhere where they said they modeled... Bo-Katan's character off of Katie Sackhoff, so that might have been another mm-hmm. thing where they were like, we already modeled her after Katie Sackhoff, so, so she might as well play her again. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and I think it worked out great. Oh, I did. Um, there's, like, like I, I feel like I, I kind of started this episode off a little bit, like, on a sour note, because I was like, oh, it's not. Wasn't this all? It's the, the first two episodes. No, and I, I understand where you're coming from, because <laughs> mm-hmm. these two episodes are pretty... Uh, they set up a lot of things, and then we get into the more meteor stuff, I guess, in the yeah. next couple. But it, if you really look at it, there is a lot of meaty stuff to grab, especially the third, third, chapter 11. Yeah. Um, this one really, like, it, it has a lot of Mandalorian stuff. Like, we find out, because 
yeah, if you've seen Clone Wars and uh, Rebels and even other Star Wars things, you know that Mandalorians do take off their helmets. Like, yeah, so that, that was a new thing uh-huh. that was introduced with Din with with Mando. Yeah, like I I. I didn't watch a ton of that other stuff, and I didn't like. I knew of the Mandalorians, mm-hmm. I knew about them, but when the show first came out, they were still relatively new to me. And so when he was like going through like the creed and like, oh, we never remove our helmets and all that kind of stuff, like I, I didn't really question it necessarily. But mm-hmm. I, I want to say maybe like Ali asked me at one point, and because like Jango Fett, uh, we see take his helmet yeah. off, you know, and, and I think I pretty what I pretty much said was like. I know that other Mandalorians take their helmets off, but I don't know why. Yeah. And so, like, that was the only answer I had. And so, I think it's really interesting how they were able to... It, it Sometimes, when there's a thing that it feels like somebody just arbitrarily decided, mm-hmm. and then, like, you have to, like, loop it in later, or, so, or you have to, like, justify it later, or something like that, it can feel bad. Yeah. And I don't think that this feels bad. I think right. it felt planned, and it felt like, and we will get more into it in a minute, but like, it's it just when she, when they first come to rescue Mando and Grogu, and they take their helmets off, and he's just like, where did you get that armor? Because he now does not believe they're Mandalorians. Yep. Just like Cobb Vant, you know? Yeah. And then she's just like, oh, it's one of them, like... Yeah, it's one of the, the children of the watch, is what they... Mm. Which is really interesting, because... I in the first season we really don't get that explanation yet of like why these Mandalorians don't take their helmets off, you know, and so mm-hmm. there are so many speculations on like that oh maybe they just won't acknowledge it or maybe they were supposed to uh, 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 but some just don't follow it or whatever like th- like you said there were some people who were just theorizing that maybe it was just going to be some lazy like they were like oh yeah. they wanted to do it this way so they're going to do it but they're not really going to explain it I guess but you know, that's also one thing is you got to have faith that they will explain. It's a TV mm-hmm. show that we already knew was going to have multiple seasons. So, you know, it, but we'll uh, get there. We'll get <laughs> patience, young Padawan. But like it is, it, it's interesting because I almost see it as the point, like John Favreau, I think we talked about this a little bit with our first season episodes, but John Favreau said he's been uh, like writing these stories since college, like he's had ideas. Yeah, he's, he's had been working on it for a long. Yeah, time. he's had these specific ideas, you know, things, and you know, he never like he probably never thought they were going to amount to anything. But like, mm-hmm. you know, he's had these ideas in his head, and like the no help, the not removing your helmet thing, probably is something that he like at least in my head, he probably had that from the beginning because when we first see Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi, he doesn't remove his helmet. You know, mm-hmm. like and well, and like the Clone Wars, at least the the show, yeah, didn't exist back then. Yeah, when he was first working on, yeah, this. everything we knew about Boba Fett when he was younger, when he grew up with those movies, you know, he didn't have his helmet off. Yeah, and so that might have been his way of being like, oh, they probably just don't take him off. And then when he wanted to work with, uh, you know, when they actually were like, oh yeah, we want you to do this show. And he's like, oh, I want to use these ideas that I've had for a long time. And then when they brought Dave Filoni in, he could be like, Dave, I think this is a really interesting thing, but uh, how can we work this into stuff? Yeah. And Dave is like, oh, well, I got a good idea because there's already the Death Watch, which uh, Bo-Katan was part of at one point, and they were kind of radical. They didn't take their helmet. Uh, they did take their helmets off, but from what we know is that the, the Death Watch 
became the children of the watch type of thing mm-hmm. and were like, oh, we're, we're, we're going to go back to the old ways. I you mean, know? yeah, she even says that. She's like, there was a, a sect mm-hmm. of the Mandalorians who broke off and left and wanted to reinvent or, or bring back the old traditional ways. Of yeah, because that might have been like back long thousands of years ago or whatever. They might have like yeah. never taken their helmets off and... Because that's, that's something we're just barely scratching the surface of, is there is a huge history of Mandalorians. Oh, yeah. Like, they're probably, like, top five most important factions in the entire Star Wars. Like, well, like I, there's there's the Imperials, there's the Rebels, there's the Jedi, there's and then the, there's, like, the Mandalorians. And yeah. It's just, like, we, we... A lot of people, I feel like, don't quite understand how important they are. Like, they were the original, like, ancient... Of enemies of the Jedi, like yeah. they were the two people. There was a Mandalorian Jedi war. That, yeah. yeah, and it was huge. Like it was a huge thing for their history, and it was a big thing for the Jedi too. And like that was like one of the things I think that Beskar armor was made for was mm-hmm. to combat lightsabers. Yeah, and like the dark saber. I, I think we talked about this a little bit before in our when we were talking about the last episode, mm-hmm. of the first season. Because that's when we first saw it, and we we're just like, "What? You got you yeah. dark side? What?" <laughs> yeah, uh, Tar Vizsla created the dark side because he was the first and only Mandalorian Jedi. Yeah, and it wasn't the first lightsaber. No, no, it, it was, was just it was just made by. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the handles Beskar, and so mm. like, and I don't know if that affects like you know the crystal uh, yeah. is affected by the Beskar, and that's why it looks like the way it does, mm. but like. Well, it's yeah. It's that's also like it's just a very striking thing mm-hmm. because first of all, it's black. Yeah, and it's with got like the white, white edges. Yeah. It's like a negative blade almost, mm-hmm. and then it's actually shaped like a blade. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, a rod. Of it's energy. thinner too, you know. It's yeah, yeah. It's like a thin blade actually, and so it's it almost like looks like when when I when I see like like a Jedi like Anakin or something just mm-hmm. holding a lightsaber, it just looks natural. And then there's something just slightly off when I see someone holding the dark saber. Yeah. Because I like I almost expect it to be just that like cylinder of, of mm. energy when right. it's it's not. It's this like wide flat blade. And so like yeah, we don't know a lot about you know its construction or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it is like that's why it became such a symbol to the Mandalorians because it was this big change in their life you know they were like tar Vizsla was this like revolutionary you know tried to work with the jedi became one of them you know made this yeah. blade and i can't remember a lot of the specifics but i i think when he died i think that's when the war started i can't quite remember but i can't remember mm-hmm. if he came after the war or before but then whoever held the blade was the leader of mandalore yeah and, and that will become very relevant very soon mm-hmm. that's that's why Bo-Katan is looking for it. Yeah. She she asked the, the captain of the ship they hijacked well, uh, about the Darksaber and about um, Moff Gideon. Well, and it's really interesting, too, to see all these different sects of Mandalorians and learning more about it. Because, like, you know, in the first season we hear that line from Din where he's he, uh, they're talking to the Jawas and the Jawas want him to leave his weapons behind. And he says, weapons are part of my religion. Yeah. When in reality, not all Mandalorians feel that way anymore. That's mm-hmm. part of like the old ways, and that was actually part of the conflict in the Clone Wars. Is Bo-Katan's sister Satine Kreese was the leader of Mandalore at the time, and she was a pacifist. She mm-hmm. she was like, I know us Mandalorians 
were all about fighting and weapons and things like that. But, yeah. But she's like, uh, you know, in the wise words of Obi-Wan, there are alternatives to fighting. She's like, we don't have to be these crazy warriors anymore. Yeah. And that's how the Death Watch spawned. And actually, Bo-Katan was part of the Death Watch because she did not agree with her sister. She was like, she was like, I think that... You're crazy. Yeah, she was... But then Bo-Katan also found, you know, the Death Watch were doing some crazy stuff. And she was like, ooh, I don't like that. I don't like that you guys are working with Darth Maul. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Darth Maul had the Darksaber at one point. Like, <laughs> See, that's another thing that there's there's a ton of history with Darth Maul. Yeah. And you, we, you see that more in... I think you see that a little bit in the Clone Wars, but it's more in, in Rebels, right? No, actually, you see a lot of him with the Mandalorians in Clone Wars. In Rebels, okay. he's kind of... Uh, they kind of kicked him out type, uh, type ah. of thing. Yeah. But yeah, he's in Rebels as well. Like yeah. He's in these these other the animated shows. Well, he ruled Mandalore for... Yeah. Or, well, essentially ruled Mandalore. Yeah. Like, the, uh, he, he held the blade, so he... Was effectively the ruler. Yeah. <laughs> he's yep. king. Yep, and he 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 fought it. He fought for it the way that they wanted to fight for it, but a trial by combat, pretty much. You yeah. know, like, and and then the, 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 we talked about Solo a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Solo, we see Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. He is at the very end, and so he's still kicking. And I don't know when we're gonna see him next, but like. Well, and spoilers for Rebels, mm. for anyone, for you, you know. If, I think I know what you're about to talk about. Yeah, Darth Maul is killed by yes. Obi-Wan. And, but, like, that's another kind of crazy thing. It's not just with Maul, but with, uh, like, Obi-Wan is very steeped in Mandalorian mm-hmm. lore. Because Satine Kreese, who is Bo-Katan's sister, was Obi-Wan's, like, secret love interest. Yeah. Who... The, the Jedi cannot fall in love? <laughs> who uh, Darth Maul killed in front of Obi-Wan. Ooh. Yeah. Well, and... Oof. That's rough, buddy. Yeah, and he did it to kind of uh, rile up Obi-Wan. Yeah. He he did it because he, he was like, I want Obi-Wan to turn. I want Obi-Wan to be as angry as I am. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, as sad as, you know, as awful as it was... Obi-Wan's a Jedi, and he was like, I know what you're trying to do. You're not going to ha- have me turn. Yeah, You're not going to provoke me like yeah. like Anakin was. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very sad scene. I mean, he's holding, Obi-Wan is holding Satine in his arms while she's dying and stuff. And it, it, it's a heavy stuff for a t- cartoon, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy that, like, you know, there are probably a lot of people who don't, know a lot of that stuff coming into Mandalorian mm-hmm. and, and but it, it's cool like you said when they pull her from that show to put her in here and we do start to get seeds of that yeah more broad it, picture. it was something we we talked about a decent amount in our coverage of the first season and I think I was kind of remembering stuff from the second season and then like just talking about it a little bit prematurely I guess yeah the second season is really where we start to get a lot more of uh, you know, we're pulling Satine in, or not Satine, uh, no, Bo-Katan. And then uh, you mentioned already, and where we're going next is Ahsoka, and it's mm-hmm. like this is the first time we've seen her outside of the animated stuff. Yep. And and then there's another person that's mentioned in that episode yep. who is very important, who we'll get to, and it's mm-hmm. just like we're getting these these like it's basically 
they're like casting out these threads and then they're just pulling on them. And yeah. they're just pulling everything closer together and they're, connecting it more. Yeah, they're building all these story threads, which some people can be negative about and be yeah. like, oh, it's just fan service. Oh, it's just them. And there are people who are impatient where they're like, oh, they they tease Boba Fett, but we still haven't seen him yet. Or they tease uh, Ahsoka, Ta- uh, Ahsoka Tano in the third episode, but we go to the fourth episode and she's not there, you know? And it's like, just have some patience, wait for it. It's a TV show, you know, yeah. like you're not going to get it in, in just the span of the episode, you know? Yeah. Well, here's, here's kind of my perspective on it is like, I, I've heard criticisms. It's like, Oh, like you said, it's just fan service. Like they're just throwing in these named characters. So we get excited about it. And we keep watching. And like on one hand, it's like, okay, maybe there's a little bit of credit to that. But at the same point, it's like, but we enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a good show. It's not a bad show because they name drop people and, like, they're trying to include more people from an extended universe. That doesn't make it bad. Yeah. And if anything, that makes it more enjoyable. And it's, and I, I think that where it really comes down to is it's like, it is still relevant for the greater story. Mm-hmm. And, like, these are all characters that are intrinsically connected to the greater Mandalorian story, like, we've been talking about through the Clone Wars show and through other things like that. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's just a lot of stuff that existed and we're just, like, we're getting connected to it now. Yeah, and whether it, it you know, like, like you said, there might be something to it where they're like, oh, these are uh, very popular characters, so bringing them in will garner a lot of, oh, heck yeah, you know, uh, you know, those kind of moments. But they do make sense. Like, mm-hmm. it makes sense that we would see Bo-Katan. At yeah. some point, it makes sense that we would see Ahsoka because she is also very steeped in the Mandalorian history because she fought in the Battle of Mandalore in the Clone Wars. And it would make sense that Bo-Katan would mention Ahsoka. Yeah, because they knew each other. And, and as far as she knows, Ahsoka is pretty much the only Jedi that still exists. Yeah. Like the other Jedi that uh, Bo-Katan knows are either dead or, or she lost or just gone. Or presumed dead, you know? Like, yeah. And so it's just like, that would make sense that that was the person she would point her to. It would, it would make to. sense that they'd be in contact, you know, because they had such, especially after the purge and things, is, you know, the Jedi went through a purge, the Order 66, and so did the Mandalorians. And so, like, I, I feel like Ahsoka and Bo would have a similar, you know, like, way to be like, hey, this sucks. Let's stay in contact just in case we need each other. They're just going to kind of bond in their, their fellow, like, life is terrible and everything's yeah. awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it all makes sense. And even some, I'm not going to mention them yet, but there are some other things that happen this season that a lot of people are like, oh, that's just blatant fan service. That we, I'm like, we will get to that. And it's like, it, to me, it makes sense. Yeah. Yes, we get some cool moments. Like, the first time I saw Bo-Katan come down and save Din, I'm like, oh, that is so rad, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's... And here's the thing. I, I, let's actually get into some more of the, the content of the episode. Yeah. Because there's several things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that brings up one of the first things, was just the fight choreography. I know we talked about it mm-hmm. in uh, chapters 9 and 10. Yeah. But we're going to talk about it again. Because there's, like, three or four fights within these two episodes that are all just, like... They're so spicy. They're so crisp. And it's just like little things. Like, uh, I don't know if it was Bo or one of the or other. Yeah. One, yeah. And they, they come in with like this jetpack twisting kick. Yeah. And kick over one of the tentacle dudes. The quorum. Yeah. You you know their names. I don't know their names. 
the like weird squid squid face guys. Yeah. And then it's just like this little moment like that where they it just it's it's really nice. Yeah. And then uh, there was the other there's one at the beginning of the next episode where um, Cara Dune is going down into the like sewers, I guess. Well, it's where the Mandalorian uh, uh, covert covert was. It's, it's where like the I think it's actually where the armorer was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you see the outline of the skull. Yeah, and they're another alien species that you'll know that I don't know. Oh, the Aqualish. Yeah, the yeah. weird like they got tusks. They uh, yeah. yeah, they got like bug eyes. And yeah, and big old tusks. And... Yeah. They they talk by like growling and grunting. Ooh, 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 ooh. Not, yeah, it's but, not even that. It's like. <laughs> well, yeah. The uh, Ponda Baba was the first one we've ever seen in Star. He was one of the ones who grabbed Luke at the bar and was like, ooh, 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 yeah. and, and he doesn't like you. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't like you either. I'm a wanted man. <laughs> <laughs> then cut his arm off. Yeah. Blood everywhere. Not supposed to be blood. What the heck? <laughs> anyway. Um, she comes in. That whole fight is just like very nice. Yep. Because I mean, she's going all over the place. There's like four of them trying to fight her, and there's one point where one of them is down. I don't remember how she she stabbed him or shot him or whatever, but he's down, and she rolls over him, like grabs him and picks him up and uses him as like a, a back shield almost. Yeah, and gets like three shots into him, and then him. she backs up into the table and throws his body over, and he rolls into the other guy. And then she's able to take him out, and it's just like, it was very nice. <laughs> yeah, and it's really cool, too, because, um, let me look up his name, because I want to give him credit. There was a guy who they brought in for season two, who, uh, he was the fight choreographer for, like, mm. the Winter Soldier, and, uh, oh, oh, nice. and uh, Civil War, and stuff like that, um, but yeah. he also directed the uh, newer uh, Chris Hemsworth movie, Extraction. Ah, Sam Hargrave. Uh, they brought him in to help with the Mandalorian season two. Yeah. And I don't think he'll be doing anything on season three, unfortunately, because he is directing now. Like he's directing the second extraction movie with Chris Hemsworth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, they brought him in to help with that choreography, and I think it really showed that it was. Um, yeah. Not that the stuff in the first season was bad, you know. Like no, we. I mean, we, it, we mentioned yeah. that before too. Is like the CGI in the first season was great. Yeah. But it's just so much better. Yeah. Than the second season. And so uh, I, I want to say Sam Hargrave also did second unit director on Mando season two at some point. So. Right. Um, so he not only did the choreography, but he helped direct some of it. And yeah. Yeah. So you got that more, like he's used to doing these really fluid action scenes, and like I. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen Extraction. I, I haven't. It, it's it's a good watch. I recommend it for every, anybody out there. It's kind of a... I, I want to say kind of John Wick-esque, but it's not like as stylized. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's not as... Uh, not gun-fu. Like, uh, you know? <laughs> it's, it's more he's this like retired soldier who has to go into a third world country and... Uh, extract someone hence the name yeah hence the name yeah and uh it's just really cool action there's a one there's one scene in it that's like this uh it's like a 10 minute just one single take of uh Hmm. of them like in a it goes from a car chase to them in a roof like on a roof and just like it's so cool all over the place yeah and it, it was all like one take yeah and well and the thing is is i think it was filmed as one take but they did have cuts but they had to do like Mm-hmm. specific ways to make it look like there wasn't or it was like i don't know i i can't remember exactly but it was 
cool nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, he came in and helped with a lot of that. Mm-hmm. I having really having a really talented like fight choreographer is important because fights are not just like filler. I yeah. think a lot of times they're kind of just like, ah, oh, we'll have them beat up a couple guys and then we're good. Yeah. But like a fight is telling a story. And even if it's a small story, like, oh, this is what Cara Dune is doing now, and this is how she's like cleaning up the city or the town or the, you know the planet of Navarro, like th- this is her new job. If it's just introducing that, it's still important to show us wh- what she's doing and how she's doing it. Right. And like, it's not just oh, she's beating up these four nameless guys. It's it's a little bit more than that. Yeah, and that that's a big thing in the Star Wars prequels is with all the lightsaber fights. They are very heavily choreographed, but they look cool. But they're telling a story. Like there, there is a a, a quote, a, a little interview from Dave Filoni from it, it was like one of the behind the scenes of the first season of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. and he actually talks about that duel of fates, the Qui Gon, Obi Wan, and Darth Maul, and he talks about how it's like he's like when you really look at it, it's not just those guys fighting; it's them fighting over like Anakin about the chosen one, about you yeah. know like. Like those things that they're struggling with. It, if you really look at the fight, it's telling you this story. Yeah, and and I think I've I may have heard that quote as well because it's like that that one specifically. It wasn't just deciding who won the fight; it was deciding the fate of Anakin. Mm-hmm. Like, and and in the end, they like beat, they lost. Well, and that's the thing is, in the end, they beat Maul. Yeah, but ultimately, Anakin lost because he needed that. Father figure. Qui Gon was the master yeah. he needed, not Obi Wan. Yeah, like Obi Wan's great, but Obi Wan had faults, and that were critical in leading him down the path towards going Darth to Vader. the dark side. Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing my Phantom Menace shirt right now, so I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I had a poster of that on my wall for a long time. Yeah, as a kid. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's really cool to watch these. You know, like like that battle, that duel of the fates, mm-hmm. had such a like, like, yeah, you look at it on the surface and, oh, yeah, they won. They beat Darth Maul. But if that hadn't happened, Qui-Gon probably would, like, just judging by, you know, uh, Hyperbole and, you know, all that stuff, Qui-Gon may have been able to stop Anakin from becoming Darth Vader. Yeah. And so it's really cool that, like you said, even when it's a small fight, it tells a story. Like, this, Cara Dune has become the, the marshal. Yeah. of this uh, of this town and, and we're the, seeing how she's embraced that lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and later at the end of the the fourth episode the other like police uh, officer, Carson Teva is his yeah, name he, he's like the the one who uh, saved Mando and pulled him over pretty much yeah. in space <laughs> yep. but he's on Navarro and he's checking up on things and he's like we could really use you and and then she's like nah I'm gonna stay here and then he kind of has this understanding, but like he still kind of pushes back a little bit. He's like, "Well, you know, like there, there's a lot going on." And then they they get into well, I mean that that's just a good scene because it's like it's showing us what she's chosen, mm-hmm. like, and it's reinforcing what we just saw, where it's like she is taking Navarro and she's fixing up Navarro. That's that's her job. That's her duty right now. And then. We also get a little bit more about her backstory, where she was on Alderaan. Yeah, she was. From, she was from Alderaan. Yep. And Alderaan was the planet that was completely annihilated by the Death Star. Like Grand Moff Tarkin. Yeah, that that rude guy. 
That meanie. You may file when ready. Yeah. And, and it's like, we, we were kind of talking about this a little bit before we recorded, but it was just like, it feels like the, the destruction of Alderaan was a little bit underplayed. It was glossed over a little bit, and that was like kind of rightfully so, because the original story of Star Wars wasn't about Leia. Yeah. It was about Luke, you know, and like, yeah, that was a big moment. And yeah, they got their revenge for, they blew up the Death Star, you know, and like, but like, m- the more stories we tell, the more Alderanian stories we get. And the yeah. more like, kind of bittersweet it gets. Like, in, uh, I'm not going to go into too much because I know you're g- going to watch it eventually, but in Obi Wan, we get a little bit more about Alderaan. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just like, we've gotten some in the animated shows, not a lot, but, uh, in books and things and it just the more you hear about it the more you're like dang that sucks <laughs> you know like it's it's pretty crazy to think about and like that's another if we want to go in further on this like i was just thinking about this just now but in in episode seven mm-hmm. the star killer base blows up six planets or something like that it's three but three yeah. okay or it, three or four but yeah but like yeah just from across, it was a whole a, system. A, a I think system, yeah. yeah. It's just like you blows them all up, and it's just like that's insane. That's even more insane, and it's just like it feels like sometimes we don't quite get the time to like really understand what that means. Well, and that's a, that's another thing too that you can really look at from like we love to like in anything we love to uh, like we love to hate the bad guys. Yeah. You know, like, we're like, oh man, they're cool. They got the cooler toys. Darth Vader looks dope. You know, like, uh, they got the TIE Fighters and uh, the, the Stormtrooper outfits, even in, like, the new sequel movies. They look cool. They, you know, like, they look they awesome. They fly now. <laughs> but, like, with more things that are coming out, it's like, you're like, ugh. You look at, like, like your Darth Vader thing up on the uh, on your shelf and you're like, oh, I have a, like a shrine to this guy who yeah. murdered all these rebels. I have a freaking Kylo Ren figure over there on the wall and he's a pretty messed up dude. Like, yeah. Yeah, it makes you kind of be like, ooh, should I, you know, like, should I be having a, a TIE fighter up hanging in my room, you know, like that has obliterated many people or a Lego Death Star, you know? And yeah, at the end of the day, it's all story and things like that. But it's, you really, with a lot of new stuff that's coming out, it really paints the picture on how evil the Empire really is mm-hmm. and how they just have that one goal to pretty much, you know, rule the galaxy, but in such an oppressive yeah. way. I th- was it in, do you remember which episode it was in that I was talking about, like, seeing that darker side or seeing the, not the darker side, but seeing the, like, positive side of the empire because mm. I, I don't know i don't remember if it was in mandalorian when we were talking about the first season or if it was when we were talking about solo i think it might have been solo yeah but i was kind of i was bringing up like the 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 thanos point from infinity war where he's like look at all these planets that i've saved through this oh yeah, yeah. this genocide and, and it's like i kind of it, it makes it more complicated if we see the positive side well, of, of what's and, and that's the thing that's done. coming out a lot more too is the positive aspects are really only affecting like the wealthy, mm-hmm. the you know the more better off people. It's like there are, I guess, positive aspects to it. They bring a, as in the emperor's words, a safe and secure society. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I love democracy. <laughs> I love the republic. Yeah. Um, so like it, it's. 
if you re- if you want to look at it that way, it is safe and secure, yeah. but it, it's just like I said, it's oppressive, it's yeah. fascist, it's you yeah, know, like no, it's and and I think that's another important point is that I don't think that the majority of the Star Wars stories are yeah. interested in that mm-hmm. because it's it's almost this nuance that isn't necessary. But like it, it's also interesting when you come at it from a perspective of like. You know, you see some of these guys, like, there were probably most of the people on the Death Star who perished that day were just doing their job. Yeah. And it's like, maybe they're complicit in these evil acts, but did they really have as much of a choice as we thought they did? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. And that's the thing that... unwise to say that they were all just as evil as Darth Vader and Sidious. Well, well, and you get a lot of things like that where, like... Uh, like in Empire Strikes Back, there's a character called Admiral Piet who he has a lot of, you know, you see how afraid they are of Darth Vader about how Darth Vader just kills people randomly if they piss him off. Yeah. And so like Admiral Piet kind of has to do what Darth Vader wants him to do so he doesn't die, you know? Yeah. like it, they're, they're all being coerced into this you know, evil yeah. cycle and, and destruction and stuff like that. Well, so. one thing that really like, it, it's from episode three and it kind of, it, it's a quote that will stay with me for the test of time, but when, you know, the Emperor, when he's like, uh, I have been scarred and deformed, and, you know, he's just talking about how the Jedi are bad, and he's like, I am turning the Republic into a new galactic empire, and and uh, and then that's when he says the safe and secure society, and everyone starts clapping, and then Padme sits down and is like, so this is how liberty dies, with thunderous applause, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Like, it's... We we could get into some interesting political discussions with <laughs> yeah. all of this, and, and I think we might save that for another time. But, but like, it, yeah. It's it's kind of it's scary. It's a little bit eerie yeah. how, like, you know, the only way... Uh, like, the best way of rising to power like this is by gaining the the favor of all of the people. Yeah. By convincing everyone that the evil, horrible things you're doing are good. Yeah, there's there's another thing, too. Uh, I I might get the quote a little wrong, but in Rogue One, when Jin meets Saw Gerrera again, Mm -hmm. he talks about, he's like, look up, look around you, look look what the Empire is doing. And and she said something along the lines of, you can't see it if you don't look up, you know, like, and I feel like that's what a lot of people in the Empire do. Like a lot of people who live in the Empire, you know, they're like, I'm not going to, not going to look at it. You know, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm just going to It's easier live. to ignore it. Yep. Yeah. It's less painful to ignore it. Yep. Like, that's that's true not of just injustice. That's yeah. true of just, like, painful and difficult things. Like, yep. And, I, it, and it, <laughs> it, it's just really... It, it's really interesting to see, like, with Cara Dune, who fought it, it. Like, she was a rebel. Yeah. She did this because they destroyed her planet because she wanted to. And now, you know, the rebels are the Republic. They're the new... Emp- they're not the new empire, but they... Or the new government, yeah, and she's kind of like hesitant about that. Like, even though she fought with her, like, she's like, I'm not a joiner. Well, you know, like, here's another thought, and this might be reading into it just a little bit too much, but I think it's fair, yeah. Um, I, I think it's fair to assume that to some extent, Cara Dune, when she was a drop trooper, there's something kind of like grim about that name. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, we'll drop you in and like. That it just kind of feels like that's the end. Like, yeah, you are. We're depositing you in the middle of a battle battlefield so that you can kill and probably die. Like, and, yeah. and so I, 
I think it's fair to assume that she probably went into that with a little bit of like my home and my family and everything I ever knew is gone and destroyed. And so I will fight and die to kill the people who did this to me. Mm-hmm. And it was probably kind of this, not necessarily defeatist, but like, I don't care what happens to me kind of mentality. As long as I stick it to these guys. And then when she met Mando, when she met the, and what happened there on that planet with him and the, the small little colony mm-hmm. and saving them and Grogu and like how that changed it. Cause they spent, we, we talked about how they, they probably spent several weeks there. Yeah. I, I don't remember. They said something around along the lines. I wanted to say it was like a month, maybe more. So, yeah. Something, something like, like that. Yeah. They spent a while there. Yeah. And, and I think that changed her more than she really lets on. And I think this is us seeing the side effects of that, the, the results of that is mm-hmm. she's saying, no, I am fighting for something that I care about. I'm not just going to blindly rush into another fight so I can get myself killed again. Like, Yeah. Well, and that's, that's another thing, too, is like to go into that, uh, you know, the rebels, like a lot of new stories are going into like there are a lot of rebels who believed in what they were doing as the Rebel Alliance, but then they were like, oh, now that we've won, you guys are just going to be what the Empire was, but quote-unquote yeah. better, you know? Yeah. Like, like what? Like yeah, you're not going to be as oppressive or anything, but you guys are just turning around and becoming this big... It would be scary. Yeah. It would be scary to be like, all right, for most of or my entire life, I've been fighting to uproot this corruption and evil that is in control of everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I do that, the people that I helped destroy it are just jumping in and becoming the next set of bad guys. Like, And not saying that the Republic is, but they, they have had a lot of missteps. In, mm-hmm. like, I mean, the reason Princess Le- uh, Leia created the Resistance in the sequel trilogy was because the Republic wouldn't listen to her about the First Order. She was like, there are these guys rising up who are going to start taking us down. And they're like, I don't know, it's fine. We already beat the Empire. We're good. You know, like, yeah. And it's just like, but but I, I, just from the perspective of someone who, who has been living this way for so long, installing a new government has to be scary. Oh, yeah. Because it's just like, they have always been this source of, of fear and oppression and danger. And just because it's different people doesn't mean it's changed. Yeah. And so, I'm sure the Republic did a great job for a while, but mm-hmm. no one's perfect. Well, and that's the thing, too, is you got to think about is, like, even the Rebel Alliance. Like, we talk about the horrible things the Empire did. There are horrible things the Rebel Alliance had to do to take them down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the whole uh, age-old saying, fight fire with fire type of thing, you know? Yeah. like they, I mean, <laughs> you already brought up destroying the Death Star. Like, yeah. sure, there was plenty of people on there who were pretty much innocent. Like, yeah. What about all the stormtroopers who, like, whether they're indoctrinated or they're not, they are, like, there are some people who probably just, like, I'm going to join this army because it may help my family. Or, yeah, you know, it'll like, put food on the table. Yeah. Or something like that. And, like, it, that might not necessarily be a good reason. Yeah. But it's the only, like, it's one of those things where it's, it's not really, like, a choice. Mm-hmm. They kind of have to or they die. Like, they yeah. starve and die or like, they go fight. Like, we saw a lot of stormtroopers die in this third episode, the the chapter yeah. <laughs> chapter 11, you know. And it, it's really interesting when you look at them, like, you know, I mean, that's part of the reason why they have the masks on. They're these they're, faceless guys. Yeah, they're guys, intentionally you know. sort of dehumanized. Yeah. Because 
they're supposed to be fodder. And it's funny, you know, with all the jokes about them not being good at what they do. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> couldn't hit the side of a bamf. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in the first season when he's talking to uh, Mayfeld about like he was like, yeah, he's an Imperial sharpshooter, and Mando was like, that's not saying much. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. <laughs> I th- this is like I don't know. This is a lot of really good stuff. Leading into probably not the next episode that we do, but the final episode that we do. Yeah. Because that we'll be talking about the Mayfeld episode and then the last episode. Mm-hmm. And that that will be a very, very interesting conversation. Well, yeah. And it, it's also interesting, too, to see this is five years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Five years after the Rebels won, became yeah. the New Republic. And there are still people out here who are like, the Empire's gonna come back i mean like the mm. the ship that they the bo katan and mando and the other two they took down that was an imperial ship yeah the, it's there's the imperials still exist yeah and they said like even when he talked to moff gideon they were like long live the empire their whole goal is to be like we're not gone we're gonna we're just yeah we're we're hiding to become bigger you know I th- like i think moff gideon is kind of trying to become like Sort of in a way like Emperor the head, the head honcho, yeah. (laughs) He's he's trying to be in charge of whatever the Empire is now. Well, and we get hints of like what they're planning and like like why they wanted Grogu. You know, they they talk about the M count that Grogu had a big M count. That's a that's middle chlorian count. You know, like that's yeah. Which we don't get. (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. I. I don't know if I want to get too much into it, but <laughs> no, I will. I will defend midichlorians. Don't chase the rabbit. I will We're defend good. midichlorians now. Uh, like I used to be of the, you know, like they're dumb. They, it, but like, the more we learn about them, the more they make sense. They are symbiotic. They are not the force. They they are things that work with us. To like, it, it's hard. Like I said, I'm not gonna it's, go it's down. Fine. Like, yeah, it's fine. But like, you have that where Grogu has the M count, the midichlorian yeah. count, and the, they we see these like clone vats, you know, similar yeah. to the vats we saw on Exegol in Rise of Skywalker that had the Snokes in them, you know, the yeah, and uh, and also like the Emperor himself was a clone, and so like we see like maybe that like it's not fully confirmed, but maybe that's what they are. Working on. Or... Yeah, maybe that's where this chain of events eventually leads to yeah. someday far in the future. But we don't know. Yeah. And and I don't... This might be confirmed in the later episodes. But at least for now, I don't remember exactly why they wanted Grogu. And... Yeah, we... I, I don't think we know exactly why. Later... Like, I mean, there, there are more things that happen later this season. Yeah, but there's, there's some more things that sort of hint towards it. Well, but... and in the fourth episode, you have the Dr. Pershing's uh, hologram where he says that he had a vial of his blood, but uh, he needed more of it, or, you know. Yeah, we would need more from the donor. Yeah, it's and that's one thing that makes <laughs> me think that it has something to do with creating a Force-sensitive clone like Snoke or Palpatine. Yeah. Because you would need more of that blood, that... Uh, to create something like that, it is it is interesting because like, yeah. As far as I know, we we don't we have never been fully confirmed exactly what they were trying to do mm-hmm. with Grogu and with his blood. 
And yeah. so, and it's possible we might find out more in the third season as I'm well. Sure, we will. Yeah. But we'll have to find and, out. And also more about like Grogu's origins and things because mm-hmm. we don't know who saved him from the uh, Jedi Temple. Who we, we know that he came from the Jedi Temple, but who who saved him during Order sixty six? Like where, when, why, how, and who? Yeah. Was it Mace Windu fell off the uh, the building? And was like, I'm gonna go get Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was trying to think of like a one armed Windu making making fun of uh, Yoda somehow. Like, was it was it Yarol Poof? Was it, he's a big like he has a long neck and a small little head. I see one of the Cammy no ones know, but he kind of looks like him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the, this show. Is interesting in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. and I I really like like the episodic nature of it, mm-hmm. and and I really appreciate like I don't know it's it, we kind of mentioned it with like how there's there's like kind of the fan service and sometimes it feels like each episode is sort of a side quest and like mm-hmm. they're sort of disconnected, but at the same time it's like each episode is kind of its own little story. Yeah, and they they kind of need to be. A little bit separated, a little bit contained, to, to be able yeah. to do that, mm-hmm. and and especially when we get towards the later episodes in this in this season, like it really starts to play out in a way that I think is super super impressive. Yeah, and and like we're starting to see little bits of that, and and more and more of it as we go, but like as we get to the more important stuff, it's just. It gets it gets big. It gets, yeah, it gets it, very good. It does, and it, it's it's really interesting to see where this story is going to go because I'm sure we'll talk more about it once we get to the final episodes of the season and everything. But like to see like like the trailers for Mando season three and stuff have shown that he's going to be going to Mandalore. Yeah, he's going to be seeing Bo Katan again, and it kind of looks like that Bo Katan's a bit of an antagonist, or you know, like or at least for part of it, or yeah. for a little while, or yeah, seems that way. Yeah, and like part of that leads into you know the final episodes of this season, um, but like it, it's interesting to see that we'll get more of that Mandalorian lore because you know we've had a lot about Jedi's, a lot about you know Skywalkers. Yeah, know? I don't care about the Jedi anymore. I don't care about the Sky. <laughs> get rid of all that. Mandalorians are cool, <laughs> but like. It, it, like as cool as all the Jedi's and Skywalkers and stuff is, it's cool to get new stuff, new like yeah. that still relates to that other stuff we know. Yeah. But uh, that that other stuff we know isn't the focus. I I think it was a breath of fresh air that when we first heard about the show, that it's like, oh, this is a new Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything about him. Brand new character, yeah. fresh. Like it, it, we're slowly getting all those tie-ins, but like. It was nice to start with something new. Well, and the first season was very self-contained, I feel like. Yeah. Like, we had some hints to other things, and... I don't think there were really almost any, like, previously existing characters in the first season. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like... I'm sure there was a few yeah, here and there. Yeah. And well, you, you got like IG-11, who looks a lot like IG-88. Like, yeah. they're the same IG assassin droids, but... Like and of course Grogu is the same species as Yoda and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but like they're all new characters still, mm-hmm. and so and, and that's what you needed from that first season to build these characters to have them on their own journey, and then you can bring them into that. Like Obi Wan said in A New Hope, he told Luke, he's like, "This is your first step into a larger world." <laughs> <laughs> I can relate. I can bring it back, man. Oh I can... <laughs> man, I, it's like. It's hilarious, but at the same time, it's also super impressive that you all you just like you have a quote 
a Star Wars quote that is always relevant. <laughs> and there's something stirring around in that little brain of yours at all times. It's just like, it's, there's time, like, literally just now I was like, wow, that was really, really good. Like, that looped in super well. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, kind of funny to, to look at sometimes mm. too. Oh, man. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, it is. And <laughs> this podcast is great. I love getting out my Star Wars nerdiness in these yeah. episodes. and uh, um, The way that we're doing our episodes, we'll be able to do it uh, since, uh, as you guys have noticed, we are switching to Thursday releases. Yeah. And so we'll be able to do another May the 4th episode. So. And it will actually be on the 4th. Yeah. I mean, the, the, our past one was too. Oh, what? Yeah, because that was Wednesday. We, was, oh. we, we used to be doing it on Wednesday, so right. it wouldn't have been this... Uh, but then we switched to Thursdays. And yeah. So. My my school schedule got complicated. Yeah. So we had to switch some things around a little bit. But yeah. Yeah. So. It, and it, I, I think I mentioned it before, but uh, the the final episode that we'll be releasing for season two will come out the same day yep. as season three yep. releases. Or the first episode of the season three releases. Yep. So. Because I think they're only doing one episode. Like, what... They're either doing one or two episodes. I don't think they've announced yet because they've done two episodes for a lot of the, like not just Star Wars, but for Marvel and stuff too. Yeah. Uh, for Andor, they did the first three episodes. Yeah. but I think a, a lot of people, I actually kind of like the periodic release yeah. instead of like just boom all at once. Yeah, I like uh, the week-to-week because it, but, it gives you that time to kind of like, oh, gosh, what's going to happen next? And especially if like, you watch an episode that something crazy happened and you're like, oh, my God. like You have time to think about like, it. Like the Boba Fett thing. You yeah. know, like Boba Fett at the end of the first We're episode. like, what? No, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then also the end of the third episode where they just name drop Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano and we're just like, uh, excuse me? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. You can't just like drop that and then vanish for a week? Like, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> yeah. And, so. Yeah, I like it. But I can understand, you know, we've kind of, with Netflix, we, we've kind of gotten used to that binge culture. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I was going to say is I think it's also nice to sometimes be like, all right, we get periodic releases, but we get a few episodes at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like, you only get one. It's like, okay, we can set up some things and then pay off some things in the yeah. short term. But then it's like, oh, where does it go from here? Well, and I think that's what they've been doing with the two-episode premiere mm-hmm. is because even though like this will be the third season of Mandalorian, is like be. the first episodes are usually you know setting up what that season's going to be yeah. and stuff. And so having another episode there to kind of you know like okay, we're we're you know we're satisfied until the next week, and then you yeah. know then you do the <laughs> weekly releases and you're, you're a little bit more yeah. Um, like, just because there are some impatient people out there. <laughs> yeah, me. Actually, I'm pretty patient most of the time. But Allie is very impatient. Uh, I can be impatient. Yeah. But yeah, it's. I'm very excited to talk more about these other episodes. I mean, Ahsoka Tano is one of my favorite characters. So yeah. I have a tattoo representing her. So No, no, I thought that was a Halo Energy Sword. <laughs> a lot of people say that. But like, <laughs> it, it, it's got more to it than just that. I, I know, I know. I'm saying it for the joke. <laughs> and now it's not funny anymore because I have to explain it. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I don't want uh, it to seem like we were less enthused this time than last time. Oh, and I don't think we were. We, but this one, you know, we went into a lot of different lore and stuff. And, yeah. you know, uh, I, I feel like maybe this one we didn't. I mean, we talked a lot about things that did happen in the episode, but we just related it more to Star Wars, like w- what that 
uh, lore that it brought out and things like that. Yeah. And the next two I know will be spicy. Yeah. And then the last two will be very spicy. <laughs> five five peppers out of five. <laughs> so we're we're very much looking forward to it. We hope everyone who's listening is also looking forward to it and maybe rewatching the series with us. Yeah. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. That would be cool. Get ready for season three to come out. It's a great series, so yeah. Uh, I think that we're about done. Yeah, that'll wrap it up pretty good. Mm-hmm. With a nice little bow. <laughs> so you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, uh, Facebook. Yeah. Uh, Dallin's been uh, posting uh, on Facebook about our uh, older episodes. Yeah, but, but going back through because we, we got an entire year. Uh, we I know we talked about that right around the end of the last year and the beginning of this year, but like... It's still kind of crazy to think about. We've been doing this. We've been releasing episodes for a whole year already. Yeah. And Man. so, like, having you post those episodes and say, hey, check it out again, you know, and it even has me going back and listening yeah. to them and, and uh, seeing where we were, seeing where we're at, you know, and even you mentioned that uh, it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm re-listening to some of them for, like, the th- third time, second time. Uh, yeah. I guess you could count the time we did them uh, yeah one of those but like uh, it's surprising to see like how solid it all was like from the very beginning mm-hmm. I mean even our episode zero that we released that was just like a, a whim is it gonna work out is it not I don't know we'll figure it out and then that one was like I think still to this day one of my favorite episodes we ever did yeah the, the first one before we even like officially were doing anything and it was just like wow but yeah, anyway. you know what I realized? We didn't yes. even talk about Grogu eating the cookies. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we <laughs> started with that, and we didn't even talk the blue spit up in the ship because <laughs> freaking Mando's doing some crazy. We were talking about the the choreography and the fights. Yeah, and then we didn't talk about the the, the thing cool that ships. Yeah, hand with that, which is all the cool ship stuff too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because he's fighting the TIE Fighters and Grogu's in his sea and then does a spit up because of all the twists and turns. Well, he's just sitting there like, woo, his hands up, just like super excited. And they're flying around and then the, the part that I loved is he's chasing the one TIE Fighter up and he's like, meow, and then he blows that one up and then he, he pulls out like the little air brake things and flips around and then goes down and he's just like, and then blows up the other one. Yeah. That's cool. And just seeing Grief, Kara, and the uh, Mithril, like, yeah! <laughs> yeah. And, and what did he say on the, he's like, there's something I gotta take care of on the uh, ship. Onboard maintenance. Yeah, and it's just, oh, yeah, Grogu spit up, oops. <laughs> but, yeah, it's <laughs> dumb little blue cookies. <laughs> he forced stole from Yeah. Oh, Grogu. How do you say no to that face? Come on. Well, that's one thing is, I think I mentioned last episode, is we haven't, like, there are a lot of things that don't necessarily relate to Grogu yet. I mean, we'll get there. But they will. The next two episodes Soon. are very Grogu heavy. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't help that he is, in fact, pretty much an infant, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that scene where he's trying to get him to connect the wires. <laughs> put the put the blue wire where you put the red wire. Put the red wire where you put the blue wire. But don't touch them. And then he immediately just, proceeds to zap himself. Just the smoke coming out of the... Yeah. You okay? <laughs> oh, man. Mando's a good dad. He does his best. <laughs> he does a pretty good job. Yeah. Don't eat Don't eat the eggs. <laughs> you need to behave yourself. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, man. 
yeah. Anyway, we, we I kind of pretty much already said our whole outro, so yeah. you know how it goes. We do this live and we get this all the time. <laughs> so, uh, as always, remember to watch what you love and to love what you watch. <laughs>